I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome into episode number 286 of the allegedly award-nominated, honorably mentioned number 9 NCAA ranked, and of course viewable on YouTube outside the box podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB, it's Deej, coming at you with another wild, wild week in the world of lacrosse. We're going to get into recapping Dallas, previewing Baltimore, give you our thoughts and just like in-depth brain analysis of this whole Netflix attempting to acquire the PLL article that came out as we record this on Thursday night. Uh, We'll talk about the Lyle Thompson conversation and we'll also do a little NLL free agency rundown as free agency is officially underway now. Um, but before we get into all of that, make sure you're following us on the socials at OTB LaxPod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, all of those, same handle, OTB LaxPod. Follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBIZZL311, which Deej is not letting me tag myself in anything now on Twitter, just like it wasn't letting me tag you. Um, I think Elon is sh- shadow banning us. Um, on the low. On the low. I- I had a new follower and a grip. <laughs> Mine just fluctuate. Like I'll get one and it's like somebody who mutually like follows me back or whatever. And then I'll lose like six. And it's like, Oh, I just had bots. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Elon. great website. You're running here. Um, yep. Follow us there. Um, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple, leave a five-star review on Spotify goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Let's us do more dope stuff like OTB live in Columbus, which don't worry. We have the audio file. We're just finding a perfect time to place those interviews into an episode for you guys. Cause they're pretty timeless for the most part, outside of a couple conversations we had in those um, discussions. But for the most part, it's a timeless uh, conversation that we just, there's a lot to talk about right now, so we're kind of saving it for a rainy day when we can just plug and play uh, Josh Burns' first and only appearance on the Outside the Box podcast that has no video evidence of it. Um, it's like an old school episode. <laughs> yeah, like my um, first episode. Yeah. I was a call in. <laughs> yeah, it was our first time, long time. <laughs> um. 
Also, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show, every show on our network, clips, live streams, shorts, original video content. It all goes on our YouTube channel. We are currently at 522 subscribers. We need to get to 600 full send before the end of August. And um, DJ's not looking too great for you, pal. It's not looking too great right now. Um, the boy, Stephen McAvoy, found the exact spot where we'll be Fortnite dropping you into if we don't get to 1,000 subscribers by your birthday. Um, it kind of looks like new Asgard. You could dress up like Thor. I think I'd be a little cold if I dressed like Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could just get a fat suit and be fat Thor. Play some Fortnite. Okay. okay. I'm here. Bring Clay with you. He could be Korg. Big Drake. Korg with a Q. <laughs> hey, Deej. Nah, bro. The people got me. The people Deej, got he's me. Bu- he's bullying me again. Thanks, Deej. <laughs> the, the people got me, bro. I ain't worried about it. The people I got hope me. so. For your sake and for our company's sake, I surely hope so. Gotta subscribe. Otherwise, DJ's getting on a one-way flight from Gillette Stadium to New Asgard in Alaska. Um... Subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia, and go get your merch from our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. They are the best in the game. I know we have a lot of Philadelphia listeners. The Eagles' Kelly Greens dropped this week, so they're running a pretty legit sale through the end of the week. Through August 7th, you get 20% off any football merch at phiapparel.co with code KG20. But at any time... You can get 10% off our merch, official Outside the Box podcast merch, with code UNDERGROUND. And when you get your merch, tag us, tweet us. We'll repost it everywhere. We want to see where you're rocking your merch from. But you're going to stand out in the crowd whether you're going to a PLL game, gearing up for the NLL season, which we have important dates about the NLL that came out this week too. Um, or you're just you know shooting in your backyard in your OTB merch. We want to see it phiapparel.co code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders and any football merch including the Philly dog shirt 20% off with code KG20 Kevin Garnett Not anything's possible I'm just why are y'all putting out a code for Kevin Garnett Kelly Green I know and then 20% off and I also was thinking Kenneth Gangwell before that too <laughs> hey Kenny boys <laughs> I was just—I wanted to get a a much more hateful response out of you, <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work. <laughs> What's popping, brother? You got respect for KG. Hundred percent. Okay. Okay. That 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 explains why you didn't flip out about it. Oh, I'm living good though. I'm I'm living, bro. I'm uh, as you can see behind me, I've. <laughs> Fallen privy to He's a new just hobby. like me for real. <laughs> Slowly getting there. I told you I wanted to be like you. I did. I did not. That that was not a lie. It's not a lie. Your wallet was like <laughs> fuck. Hey, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Thing not happy with me. Five of those I bought in one day, people. One day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude. I'm just. I'm living the dream, man. I'm gonna be up on stage at Ribfest tomorrow here in town. Get to introduce uh some '90s. Uh, stars, they're they're doing a '90s dance party here. Get some good food, so I'm uh 
will be doing that while also watching PLL on my phone because, or no, sorry, there's no games tomorrow. Wow. Tells you where my brain is. <laughs> Saturday, um, I'll be I'll be watching games, man. I got a good weekend ahead of me. I hope yours is uh, fantastic as well. I mean, it will be. You're going to the Orioles, going game, to the Mecca, Jimmy Seafood. Yeah, shout out no free Homewood. Like, dang, bro. Yeah, I'm jealous. Going to the Orioles game, get to to boo the Mets. It's gonna be hilarious. Hopefully, see the boy Cole Irvin pitch. Hashtag underground athlete. Um, and then going to Jimmy Seafood one of the days. Then I'll be in Baltimore. Shout out, no free shout outs. Um, and then uh, going to the Mecca, Homewood Field. Very excited. Very. I'm kind of the only thing that I'm like kind of bummed about is that there's no true like night game at Homewood because night game at Homewood last year was so dope just like environment wise but i love going to baltimore every year it's one of my favorite trips of the year um it's gonna be a blast and uh there's a lot to dive into with baltimore this week Tim, homewood feels like the the spot that everybody just goes to don't, the boy the boy don't Hunt take, Jackson. don't take my words don't take my words I'm no, saying, I'm just saying, like, I'm thinking I, I, in years I said past. That. I said that this morning. I, I and... was talking about how I'm not a true lacrosse <laughs> media guy yet because I've made it everywhere but Balti. Like, I've not been to Homewood. <laughs> like, the boy Everybody Jackson's going to gonna be there on Sunday. Uh, the boy Connor Eck is going to be there this weekend. Um, he's making the flight out. And it... Like, Kyle Harrison's going to be in the booth this weekend, which is going to be sick. Like, I'm jealous of you because you'll get to hear him on the broadcast, like, live, which is dope. That's fair. Stoked for K-18 to do, to be on the broadcast at Homewood. Um, but, like, in years past, too, like, people just pop out to Homewood and you're like, whoa, what are you doing here? Um, Homewood also has a special place in the hearts of this podcast because that Outside the Box podcast logo you see everywhere was designed in the homewood field press box by yours truly so homewood is a very very fun place it's the first time that i like shook hands with the boy mike rabel and worked to get him on the podcast when he came on the pod a couple years ago um so yeah homewood's you know got a, a special place in this podcast's history and lore um to say the least but we got a, a Fun week of games. We got to recap everything that went down. And Big D in Dallas. PLL Dallas happened this past weekend. Um, so a quick recap of the events in Dallas. The Saturday games, not as exciting as the Sunday games. But Atlas win 11-9 against Chrome. Cannons take it to the Redwoods 16-10. The Archers win in Hashtag game of the year, parentheses so far, 1918. And then followed up with another electric game, Whipstakes winning 17-16 in the final game of the weekend. That was my takeaway. Sunday's games were, like, I tweeted this too, I'm pretty sure. Sunday's games were billboard material of why you should be watching the PLL every weekend. Those two games were so much fun, so much electricity back and forth between 
both teams involved in those games. And it was just high energy, high intensity, shit talking, like goals scored by people you wouldn't expect in certain spots. They were just good old fashioned fun ass games to watch, to sit back, get your popcorn out, get your snacks, your drinks, and just enjoy. Like those two games, even though you know the results, they're so rewatchable just because of how fun they were to watch. And it was it was just such a good Sunday for the PLL. And not to say that the Saturday games were bad, but when you get followed up by those two games, it's like, holy shit, like what what a weekend. Um Archer's best team in the league, question mark. Deej, your thoughts. As of this moment, and that's excluding, obviously, they have the best record. Bruh. <laughs> I don't know. Because what's the score of that game if Dylan Ward plays? It's the biggest what if... That is literally the biggest what if. Like, I almost want to say the Water Dogs are still the best team in the league. Okay. Because I think they win that game with Dylan Wood. Just like looking at how well they play, like not taking anything from Matt DeLuca, as everybody knows, I'm probably the biggest Matt DeLuca stand still in the PLL. <laughs> I did pick against him, but I'm probably still you... the biggest Matt DeLuca PLL stand to exist. You were like Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems when he's banging on the walls and the TV like, oh, oh my God, when Archers won that game. <laughs> like, bro, that game was so fun for me to watch because it was like, Watching DeLuca have his game of his life, playing fantastic. Water Dogs playing well. Archer's playing well. Dobson's playing insanely. Like, it was all around a good game on both sides. Like, I didn't feel too many times that the defense made mistakes. I just felt like the offense just beat them. That's mm -hmm. very different, in my opinion. And this was just a flat-out very good lacrosse game. And for the Water Dogs who have played that way without Dylan Ward, if they were to play that way with Dylan Ward, I think they beat the Archers. So, because I have to go for what it means, what's real, the Archers are the best team in the PLL right now. Um, and I say that because, one, they won. They have the best record. They look really good. This team has almost been the best team in the league multiple times before. They were just missing the faceoff guy. They have the faceoff guy now. There is nothing keeping them from being the best team in the league. Other than possibly a healthy Water Dogs team. Can I add something to the Archers, too? Of course. For, for what you said. Yes, they, they were obviously missing the face-off guy all these years. This is the first time they've had consistency and elite goalie play for four quarters. That's not to take away anything Adam Gittleman did in an Archers uniform. Okay, I was about to say shots. <laughs> but year one, bubble, and if I'm not mistaken, year three, they were doing the goalie tandem thing. So you're you're using multiple goalies in those situations. You don't have a solidified like number one per se. Mm -hmm. Last year, Gitz is the full-time starter was very solid for them. And then, obviously, Dauber got the start in Denver, which 
Bates said was calculated. They wanted to get him a start either that week or the week after. I love that our boy Zach Carey tweeted after the game, Brett Thompson for MVP. <laughs> People are catching on. Um, but this is the first time that they've had elite, consistent goalie play across the board. And like I said, that's not take away anything that Gitz did, but you can't argue what Dobson's doing this year is not the best goalie play that the Archers have had in franchise history. Yeah, I think that helps, but I don't think they were necessarily missing that. Like, I think I'm just that, saying it, it like enhances them being oh, absolutely. that yeah, number that's, one and, and that's along why with like, missing the faceoff guy. Yeah, that's why I wanted to like preface that like it helps first, but like I also think a lot of those games that they lost in some of those years before, like sure the goalie tandem like didn't help with that, but if you had Michael Sisselberger back then, they're winning some of those games. A large handful, actually. There was a lot of those games they gave up the lead at the end of the game because they couldn't get the ball off the faceoff. Mm-hmm. So like I think that's where like I lean more toward like Sisselberger being the reason why they've made that jump to being the best team in the league. Cause even with not the best goaltending, they were still winning game or Oh, so you're saying the faceoff position's still important, Teach. Yes. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Okay. Who would have thought? All, Who would have thought? For all you people who are out there saying, oh, the face-off position is losing its validity and, oh, they're not going to have a job anymore, become a lacrosse player. Facts. Become that's why I a hate lacrosse when, player. That's why I hate when the one person who's banned on this podcast says Fogo all the time. The, Fogo is dead. I mean, for the most part. In terms Trevor, of, like, if you okay, want to so, be so, good. Well, Fogo will not ever be dead. Because that the, the face-off guys will continue to get off relatively quickly because you have to keep them, you have to keep their legs like fresh so that they can take your face off all game. But you're only going to continue to make the roster if you can stay on. If you need, if you're to. a face-off athlete. Shout out Beast for the terminology. Right, being a face-off athlete makes it to where your position is covered. TD, Trevor. Michael Sisselberger. Those I are love that you guys. call him Michael. Dude, it, it just fits. It fits. He doesn't look like a Mike. He looks like a Michael. And I love it. Eh, it kind of looks like a Mike, but I, I do find I, I enjoy it. It gives me a good chuckle when you call him Michael Sisselberger. It's so government. <laughs> it is. Dude, it's it, like you're reading his driver's license. Okay, let's be honest here. The man walked by me and I like jumped back and like braced the wall because i thought he was gonna jump through my skin like i i'm afraid to call him anything other than michael (laughs) doesn't he look like the the big fish from the spongebob olympics episode that brings patrick out that's that's just as bad as what i said about xander (laughs) am i wrong no that's why because Um, i could also hear mike sisselberger or as you say michael sisselberger doing the uh... <laughs> and this is all respectfully. Oh yeah, absolutely. In the best like that, way possible. That man could squish me in with two. Uh, I need him to do that. I need. Um, I'm sure we could get him to do, to do it. I'm He's sure. Hilarious. I need um, that to be a, a celebration for him. Hits yeah, hits a goal. Drops his stick. 
ah, in the face of somebody. Oh my god. No free ads. That would be the dude wipe due to the game. <laughs> oh, easy. <laughs> easy. Um, but yeah, no, though those three one thousand percent, in my opinion, have a job moving forward. It's up in Petey Losala as well, as long as he doesn't lose that job to Joe Nardella when he comes back from uh his injury. Which you can throw Nards into that conversation yeah. of the other three guys that you mentioned right. too. Nards does exactly everything. Well, one well. one of those two will have a job because they provide very similar skill sets. Um you can also put Max Adler in there to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um a little more offensively than defensively. Um, but you can put Jake Weathers in there both sides. Like, oh yeah, these, these are guys who can vie for a position on the 19-man roster because they offer something other than just face-off. That is where the position is going. If you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. Get Look better at what Jack Hanna said. Step your game up. It literally, I saw that and I was like, is he wrong, though? <laughs> I almost retweeted. I think I retweeted it. And he had a great follow-up tweet to it, too. I didn't. I don't think I looked at the follow up. Uh, I'll find it right now as you continue to go on your exquisite uh, rant here. I mean, that's that's all I have to say about the face off piece. Like, just become an athlete, a fa- a face off athlete, a lacrosse player. That's also how I feel about midfielders for the most part. I'm slowly getting to the opinion of. Defensive midfielders are better than offensive midfielders. Here's the follow-up. For the most part. For the most part. Not to say clamping is not a skill, but I think these guys can continue to improve the position under these rules. Typo on Trevor Baptiste's last name. (laughs) Has been making some pretty crafty exits forward eyes emoji. I think um, TD pulled off a couple reverse clamps as well. But it's just things like that, changing and and modifying the position to make yourself a a weapon and a viable piece to the team. Like, I mean, let's let's address the elephant in the room like we've talked about, I think, last week. Connor Farrell's not playing because he turns the ball over, not -hmm. because he's not good at his job. He's not being a good lacrosse player. It is fascinating, though. He's not active this week either and not on the reserve roster. So if he's not active again next week, another team could claim him. Yeah. And, like, my thing is, right, look at the Redwoods. Miles Jones and Sergio Perkovic are where this week? On the reserve roster. Why? Because they're not being good lacrosse players. Just because you play a certain position doesn't, like, give you a free pass. It doesn't take the the pressure away of having to produce you're still a professional athlete and you still have to produce to a certain level and if you're getting the ball 70 percent of the time you're at the face-off stripe but you're turning it over half of that time you're not being a good lacrosse player so no i wouldn't put you on my active roster and no i wouldn't have you take face-offs until you can prove that you're not going to turn it over now, obviously, it's hard for him to prove that again, but that's up to the coaching staff and if they want to give him that opportunity. But he'll, he'll prove it again. Can't when he be gets upset by another team. <laughs> I say you can't can't be upset that you're not playing if you're not producing, and nobody else can be upset about it. I mean, let me let me correct that. You can be because that's 
your feelings and you're entitled to those, but it doesn't make it wrong for them to do that. How much better do you think Connor Farrell would be? And this is not to say that, you know, Chrome's wing play is like bad, but we've talked about it a ton where like they're not in the proper position to help Connor succeed. How much better do you think he would be on a different team that has better wing play? I don't even think it's just wing play. I I'm just saying like, from that, like from that alone, like how much more do you think that would help him? I mean, it would, if, if he does get claimed be. by another team, like what team would you want to potentially see him go to? Maybe cannons. It's the only other one he can go to. Nobody else needs him. Cannons don't even really need him. But they like, I feel like they just went away from face off because he'd be super interesting on the water dogs. Because Stephen Kelly wasn't winning face. Yeah. And I, I just don't think they want it. It works for them, yeah. especially the water dogs, to not. He'd be fascinating those, on the water dogs, to, though. To not have a face off like, guy. Wing plays towards the and top of the league. I don't know. Dude, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if Withers gets his job back. And not because he's not good enough, but because they don't need it. it it's like and... almost more favorable for them. Like, Do you see their roster this week? Mm-hmm. They're running one LSM. Well, technically, yeah, they're technically running like one LSM and 3D. And they're running like an extra midfielder because they didn't put Rylan Reese on the roster. They put him on the reserve. Like that... They are one of the teams where that is very favorable for them. I think the Cannons are kind of reaching that territory, too, where they can play an extra midfielder instead of a pole or a faceoff guy and be in a better position. Make it dirty or turn him over after he gets possession and then play with the 52, and now you have an extra set of legs at the midfield line, whether it's defense or offense, That which really in our league, they're going both ways, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I think that's huge, and especially with the way the league has been trending this year with the prevent and trying that option with the 32-second shot clock. Like Both the Cannons and Water Dogs are having very good success with that, and I'm interested to see how the Water Dogs play this week with that extra, air quotes, extra midfielder. Yeah, no Dylan Ward this week, by the way. Yeah, I already knew that. It's to Luca again for everybody at home. Um, Redwoods got their shit kicked in. Um, Chrome looked like the worst team in the league. And Cannons are really, really good. Hate to break it to everybody. Cannons are really good. They're going to be really fun in the Champ Series, too. Stop. We can talk about that later. Because... No, I'm just saying in general in terms of the league. Oh yeah, like, I know. But league stand like the cannons are good. Like let's let's just save that talk for when I can talk about that's, the man. I'm that's that's a whole different discussion. I'm just talking about no, the team no, in no, general. No, 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 no. That's a cannons discussion, and that's a whole team discussion, sir. I mean, if you want to have that conversation now, I mean, we absolutely can. I'm so ready for this conversation, sir. I'm just saying the cannons are good, and people underestimate them, ourselves included. I didn't. In the beginning of the season, we certainly did. I said they got a chance to be good, but we just don't know. Um, I don't think I gave them good predictions. I don't think I gave anybody really a good prediction this year, but the Redwoods. 
idiot. And we see, <laughs> we see how that's going. <laughs> and you we big see dummy. I am a dummy sometimes. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we both said the cans would have three wins. And Probably, bro. And they, yeah, we, we um, see how that's going. Sometimes we know ball, people. I still think Atlas are not that good of a team, by the way. Coming out of I don't, Dallas. I don't think anybody does. Like, they got a win, sure. Good hey, for them. Hold on. Let me let me let me say this though. If they go get that can cannon that they got this past weekend. Oh yeah. That's that's a, a huge they might they might be that good of a team. But did they get that can cannon because they were playing against the Mishmash Chrome offense? We'll see if so, they get bro. that can cannon this week against the archers. Yeah, we're gonna see, bro. If if, if he's making those in tight saves again and he's like kind of back to himself, like they can make a solid little run, run to get better seeding in the playoffs because they are technically in the playoff now, and I do think they will be in the playoff. I think they will probably a... slide in at seven. I don't think Chrome will. I was going to say, make a nice little run to get that seven seed. <laughs> hey, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Or maybe they sneak up above the Redwoods who can't seem to win a game right now. Like I'm not gonna act like the Redwoods are not trending down, <laughs> and, and the Whipsnakes have played well, but they're not far ahead either. Like there are, are a couple teams where if a few Whip. balls roll the Atlas's way, now don't th- let me say this. Now that I brought up the Whips, maybe they hit a stride because they looked good and they are healthy. They finally are healthy, and that's terrifying. Except minus Kyle Burnlore, who like can still come back and be healthy. So, yes, it is absolutely terrifying. Yo, shout out to the boy, though. Not that I was... Yeah. He had a great game. Yeah, he did. You know, no big deal. KB bomb right before the game. No big deal. Sweatpants Brigade. KB bomb for BK. Sweatpants Brigade, too. Yeah, I forgot. Sweaties. The Shweddies. We might have to put that on a shirt. The Shweddies. <laughs> I I rock that. And I make my goalie buy it so he can rock it. He always wears sweaties. Sweaty boys. <laughs> he always wears sweaties during games. And I'm like, hell yeah. Um, We're getting team sweaties this year. I don't Thanks. think people truly realized how pivotal Brad Smith is to that whips offense being as effective and efficient as they are. Like it's one of those things where it's like once that good thing is gone, you don't you don't realize it and then it comes back and bang. Brad Smith was a fucking game changer for them. Listen. And it was so fun seeing him back out there. And what a quote on the sideline too. I just miss playing lacrosse with my friends. That was so good. I like <laughs> not taking anything away from Brad because, yes, um, he was the game changer, but not like in the way that I think a lot of people will think with that case. He just provides that element that you have to worry about him. He was so such opened, a spark plug. Like It opened up more opportunities for people. You know what I mean? Like, Tucker Dordovic isn't going to get pulled every single time. So he's going to get some short sticks. He's going to dodge. He's going to have really good shot opportunities. Now, when 
Rambo dodges from X, that pull might stay just one or two seconds longer because it's Brad Smith and not someone else. Like that is the kind of effect that Brad Smith has on a game. And that's the kind of effect young kids that you're looking to have on a game. If you're listening, if you want to be that guy where you are so good that it opens up things for other people as well, because you're going to get yours. If you're that good, you're going to get yours. I don't think Brad Smith has ever worried about getting his, but Um. I think he he really opens things up for the rest of that offense and and they will continue to flourish as long as he's around. He's also a two point threat too, which just adds another dimension to their offense as a whole that makes them fucking lethal and can get in seventeen sixteen shootout wins like that. Um Roman Poglisi was fantastic as well. Gotta give him his his per his props. Um I mean, two. he's been he's been just solid all season. One this of those, is his best game as a pro, hands down. One of those flown under the radar kind of guys who just goes out and plays really like um, wow. Um, I mean, Jarrett has flown under the radar this year as a guy. And I asked really Stags well. about Puglisi because you know going into last year he was so high on him, and obviously he didn't get to play last year because he was injured. But the expectations for him when they drafted him was like mm-hmm. true to roof. And even going into this year, through the roof for for Roman. And, like, you know, he's had some stretches where, like, it wasn't what the expectation is for him. And, like, Stag said, like, the expectation is still high for him. Um, And this was, I think, a good step in the right direction for Roman, like, continuing to be on the game day rosters moving forward and not getting those those random weeks, you know, where he's left off the game day roster. If you're going to perform like that, you're going to crack the roster every single week. It's kind of like Kobe Smith and the – opportunity that he's taken with atlas now like it's three straight weeks now i think he's been back on the active roster and he's earned every second of it and i'm stoked for him because he deserves it um but those are the the types of things you have to do when you are one of those players that your coach has high expectations for you in a, a positive way and if you fail to meet those expectations you're gonna have to realize like there's a potential for you to be left off the game day roster for somebody else but when you take advantage of those situations like Kobe has, like Roman Puglisi did in Dallas, that's going to pay dividends for, for your squad and for you as a player in this league. Yeah, I think there needs to be an increase in roster size. I'm back to that. <laughs> um, game day roster. I just don't think there's enough practice time for guys to prove, mm-hmm. so they kind of have to prove it in game, and there's just – Open up just a few more spots. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think 21, Roman, can you do something for me? <laughs> I think Roman played very well last weekend. I think he's been solid all year. Um, Latrell's kind of been a guy that's just been, like, solid all year but isn't, like, really getting that same recognition. Trees has um, got to be a hard hat of the year award nominee. Yeah. I don't like, think he – this really, really sucks to say, but I don't think he'll get it. I think Danny Straps is going to win it again. I'm saying Did just he... nominated. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm not saying win. Oh, no, like, no. He's got to be in the finalists. Well, like... well, I only say that because Latrell is having a hard hat award of the year kind of season, but he's not going to win it because of Danny Straps, which sucks. That's like the part that sucks is he'll be nominated for sure, but I don't think he wins it because you like, you can't score on Danny Logan right now. This is all hypothetical for everybody listening. I mean, this is all hypothetical. Um, but right now, 
if the season ended today, Latrell gets my vote. And that's all bias of like him being a listener of the show aside. Like he has had a leap this year where last year you have the two veterans there with him and then Dominique retires. McNeil gets released after what week one. Now he's on the cannons, by the way, in case people miss that. Um, love that pickup for the cannons too. Um, Treasy's taken that leap and his game has matched the leadership leap as well. He's been fantastic this year. And like, would it surprise me if he wins it? Absolutely not. Cause like you said, he deserves it. And I, I think his game and his leap this year from what he was last year, where he was a very solid player, very good. He's gone to another level this year and his game week in and week out has proven that. And I think it deserves to be, you know, rewarded for that. Will it? That remains to be seen. It almost kind of reminds me last year of the Kieran MVP discussion where, yes, Kieran was a, a attackman of the year winner because it was top three or whatever it was. But he didn't get the MVP nod. It kind of reminds me of that where Treasy is like bawling his ass off every single week and it's still not getting enough credit even though his team is the number one team in the league by record and he's a dog i yes but you literally cannot score on danny logan right now like it does not matter who that no but I, like, I don't think he's given up a goal yet this year and like if he has it hasn't been a lot like he's putting up defenseman of the year kind of shot percentages like jared newman's only given up like seven percent um graham hostick's really close he's got like nine percent or something like that like danny logan is near that percentage of giving up goals as a short stick defenseman and he's still got tons of ground balls he has caused turnovers he has points it's hard to say turnover that's fine but like he's playing so well that like people aren't even dodging on him, they're just throwing the ball. Like, that's insane. People are scared. Like, the fact that lacrosse Twitter, the broadcasters, other coaches are saying we're dodging on anyone who doesn't have 91 is crazy. It's crazy. The playbook literally, the playbook when you play Atlas is dodge on somebody who's not 91. That's insane. It's not don't dodge on Tucker Durkin. It's not don't dodge on Gavin Adler. It's not don't dodge on Brett Maker. It's don't dodge on Danny Logan. That's criminal. He should be, like, he should not be that good. Same thing in um, Worlds. Those guys were not dodging on Danny Logan during Worlds. He's just reached an unreal level at that, that position. I'm listening to you. I'm just pulling. I'm just pulling up side yeah. by side stats to just see everything here. Um, all right, I'm gonna read you player A, player B. You tell me who's who. This is average per game this season. Cause turnovers, point two. Ground balls, one point four. Points, point six. Penalties, zero. That's player A. Player B. Cause turnovers, point eight. Ground balls, 2.2. Points, 0.2. Penalties, 
One is Danny, two is Latrell. Yep. That's what I mean. Like, they're both right there. I I would be cool with giving it to them co. They're 1A, 1B. And and 1C is Matt Witcher. All right, Witcher. Fight your mama. Not me. (laughs) Matt Witcher's 1C. That dude has been playing his ass off. Crazy. Just so everybody knows, I yell that anytime Matt Witcher does anything, whether I'm in the press box or at home. I was this screaming. I was screaming during that game in Dallas when he scored and doing anything. I was like, all right, Witcher. Yeah, because dude was <laughs> balling. Dude was balling. And he's been playing well all season. He's been their best short stick D-mid, which is a hard thing to do. He's got Scarpello over there, and he's got... um. Who's the other one? What's his face? That I'm they got a whole of. they got a whole dog pound over there. I mean, they do. They do. Like it's, it's just crazy. I mean, Courier's basically a short stick D mid too. Like it, it, he is a lacrosse player. I love Zach Courier. Can't wait till Rough next season comes back around. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah. That was Dallas. A lot of good stuff. A lot of strange stuff and a lot of wild stuff. Uh, But nothing more wild than what we're about to talk about. But before we do, we want to talk to you guys about our awesome pals over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game, who now have an app for you to download right on your phone. The iOS, uh, Apple Store, the App Store, or Google Play. Um, For downloading the app, when you open it up, you can claim a free pair of sunglasses. Who doesn't love free? Uh, go to TomahawkShades.com or download the app, peruse it, get your sunglasses, your blue light glasses, and your prescription lenses. And when you go to check out, use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's promo code USP for 25% off at TomahawkShades.com or right in the new Tomahawk Shades app. Let's talk about the thing that was burning the lacrosse Twitter world down today, Deej. Netflix, PLL, front office sports, and the whole world was like SpongeBob's brain when they threw out his name. Um, Because, my God, people. Hey, all you people, won't you listen to me? More SpongeBob references there. (laughs) Happy-go-lucky. Front office sports put out an article. We'll link it below as well. Um talking about Netflix wanting to get into the live sports world, which if you don't listen to our streaming platform, TV movie podcast streamer season, go do that as well. We've talked about this with the pro surf league that Netflix tried to acquire uh, the streaming rights for, and then tried to acquire as a whole. We've talked about that probably a year ago at this point. Um, Allegedly Netflix tried to do the same with the PLL. And people lost their goddamn minds on the internet today. Um, Being a new age business person myself, obviously running underground sports, I I have a bit of a business brain to to understand some of this stuff, not to the extent of negotiating with a multi-billion dollar company like Netflix, multi-million dollar company like the PLL. Um, But being around this league, being around important people in this league and just knowing how they tend to operate and how smart of humans they are, 
a lot of you guys overreacted quite a bit, I would say. DJ and I were, were shooting the shit about this topic before we started recording. We both kind of agree. A lot of you guys overreacted. Understandably where you're coming from. Like, we see where your overreactions are coming from. But we're here to tell you, you overreacted quite a bit. Because before we even dive into this, um, did Netflix acquire the PLL, Deej? Can you answer that question for me? It's a, it's a yes or no for the people at home. Um, did Netflix acquire the PLL? as as a sports league or even streaming rights last year when this allegedly happened let me think on this one for no thank you thank you it didn't happen it did not happen now before we even dive into this i i want to um i want to do something here i want to bring up the dictionary definition of the word discussion for everybody at home <laughs> okay this this is the the dictionary definition of the word discussion there are there are two definitions here that i thought i was perfect literal and logical okay Ooh. the the origin of the word discussion is late latin by the way for everybody at home too um so discussion it's a noun uh and it is the action or process of talking about something in order to reach a decision or to exchange ideas, to use it in a sentence, the proposals are not a blueprint, but ideas for discussion. A conversation or debate about a certain topic, plural noun, discussions, to use that in a sentence, discussions about environmental improvement programs. A detailed treatment or a particular topic in speech or writing. See Appendix 1 for a more detailed discussion. There's your textbook definitions of discussion. I want to bring it back to the first one there. The proposals are not a blueprint, but ideas for discussion. And it is the action or process of talking about something in order to reach a decision or to exchange ideas. The article that we are talking about here from Front Office Sports said that Netflix had discussions about acquiring the PLL. Now, when we look at the definition here, Deech, of discussions, everybody can just take a nice little breather. Inhale through the nose. Everybody do it right here, everybody. And exhale through the mouth. Mike and Paul Rabel, who we have gained a, a very good relationship, especially with Mike, are smart human beings. Much smarter than you and I in a lot of aspects. Oh, yeah. And and by using the term you and I, I'm, I'm speaking to all of our, our loyal listeners. Mike oh, and Paul are will, very yeah. smart people. They are smarter than both of us in a lot oh. of aspects. Oh, yeah. Especially me. As a business owner myself, I'm and not Deej knows this because we talk about business ideas for this podcast in particular. You would be stupid to not have a discussion and hear what somebody from the other side of the table has to present to you 
about your product. It's just smart business tactics because at the end of the day, what do those discussions break down to? The almighty dollar and the almighty leverage of said dollar in any negotiating tactic. Now, obviously, we know from the fate of the sport documentary, the PLL and ESPN have a multi-year eight-figure deal for the broadcast rights of the PLL. They're going to be around for a while. But if you or someone you know is a business owner, you'd be foolish to not just open up your ear, listen to what somebody has to say about your product, about your company, whatever it may be, and see what they value you at. That's not to say Mike and Paul and the powers that be at the PLL were having open discussions about, hey, let's sell the PLL to Netflix. Discussions could have been, and I used this example when I was talking to before we started recording, could have been because we know that <clears throat> PLL talked with Netflix about the broadcast rights. It could have been when they were in that room discussing that somebody from Netflix, and this is all just hypothetical, we don't know if this happened or not. Somebody at Netflix could have brought up the idea of, hey, we'll offer you this to buy the league from you. As we know, Netflix has been trying to acquire league rights for sports to get into the live sports game. And why are they doing that? It's so they can compete with the Paramounts and stuff like that who have college football. That's what that boils down to from Netflix's perspective. And a discussion can be, we're, we would offer you this for the league. Mike and Paul can say, no thanks, we're not at that point to, to be negotiating that right now. Deej, can, can you tell me, that encapsulates as the definition here of a discussion. <laughs> because it's the exchange of ideas. Netflix had the idea of acquiring the PLL in this alleged hypothetical Mike and Paul said no we're not at the point of doing that right now thanks but no thanks because they did not acquire the PLO that's an exchanging of ideas they reached a decision henceforth the definition of discussion I plead my case your honor listen I agree with you, but I stand with with the people too. I, I get their standpoint for real. Um, it's hard to hear that businesses that aren't sports or lacrosse based are interested in the PLL because, well, that could possibly mean that they don't have the best interest for the PLL in their heart and, and lacrosse. And that's what people are worried about. And also, I just think people are like, it also almost seems like a sign of failure to be looking, air quotes, around this uh, to sell the league this early. I think that's kind of just where everybody's mind goes with that, is that they're actually entertaining the idea of selling. Maybe not even if they're entertaining the conversation, just that the idea has been entertained. And I think that just scares people, which I get, but I also think they need to just relax and understand 
Mike and Paul care a lot about not just lacrosse, not just the PLL, but lacrosse in general. And they've put a lot of time, effort, money, tears, blood, sweat into the PLL and lacrosse. And they're not just going to hand it away for the first payday, or they might not hand it away for any payday. And they, they prove hand- that if you watch Fade of a Sport, they prove that they're not going to just bend the knee at the first payday. Yep. Let alone any payday. So I think everybody can just breathe, like you said, and understand. Excuse me. This is not a selling of the league or even the the beginning of a selling of the league. It's simply just a conversation. It's a a discussion, if you will. And (laughs) on the other side of things, with DJ and I having journalistic backgrounds ourselves, This is no knock at front office sports for putting this in their article. This is smart of them to put this in their article. Because in today's day and age, when an article comes out, 90% of the people are not going to read through that article. They're going to click on it, see what's in the first couple seconds, and then click out if it doesn't interest them. But the first person that scrolls through it and finds... What we're talking about here, what the internet was talking about today, and screenshots it and quote tweets the article with that. Look what happened today online. The discussion gets had. This article's getting talked about, so then people are going and clicking on that article. And what does journalism in 2023 break down to? Clicks. People clicking on that article, reading that article, forming their own opinions on it, and people are probably wondering why the PLL had no comment on it. I'll give you three reasons from our perspective here of why there was no comment made. Actually, I'll give you four. Number one, they don't have to comment. They're not required to. You you don't have to give a comment just because somebody asks you to. That's first and foremost. Number two, it would not shock me, and this is just based off of like what I know is, you know, just being a a person who dabbles into just reading about stuff like this, with the PLL being on ESPN, which is owned by Disney, Disney and Netflix are competitors, everybody. I guarantee there's some sort of thing in the contract between the PLL and ESPN for the broadcast rights where you're not going to comment on a competitor while you're under contract with a certain entity about that competitor trying to acquire not only broadcast rights, but your league in general. So you're not going to breach that contract in a hypothetical sense. We don't know the contract. We were not in the room where it happened. Shout out to Lynn manuel Miranda. Number three. Um, today, we're recording this on Thursday. And starting on Friday through Sunday, the PLL has one of their biggest weekends of the year. I'm sure their focus, rather than an article coming out about something that happened last year, allegedly is more so on their Hall of Fame weekend, their weekend of games in Baltimore, and their PLL, uh, was it the Junior Cup or, or whatever it is? Junior Championships. Yeah, yeah, Junior Championships happening this weekend as well. Those are three big things happening for the league in general that their time, focus, and dedication should be more focused on and dedicated towards. Number four... It's something that happened last year. That is part of what the article says. 
if it's something that's in the past like that, it's it's not happening right now. And everything that happened from this article coming out, whether you, you like it or not, publicity for the league happened today. People were talking about the Premier Lacrosse League today. The name of the league was in the zeitgeist of the sports world, was in the zeitgeist of the streaming platform world, was being talked about in the same breath as the original streaming platform, the big, bad, billion-dollar company that is Netflix. That's good publicity. Whether you believe it or not, that's good publicity. The league was being talked about. The league's name was out there for the public. There's no need to comment on it. The league's being talked about. The league is in the breaths of tons of people on the internet, which then gets into the eyeballs and the ear holes of more people on the internet. That's why there was no comment. I guarantee that's why there was no comment. So don't freak out. Like I said, inhale, exhale, and like DJ said, Mike and Paul not only care about the sport of lacrosse and this league, but they care about you as fans. This league doesn't happen and isn't as successful without the fans behind it. I can guarantee from the relationship that we have with Mike, he would not tear down the work they've done since 2017 to get this league to where it is now in 2023 just for a quick payday. Because if you watch Fate of a Sport, they were offered a quick payday and turned it down. Millions and millions of dollars, that is life-changing money, they turned it down. That's not in their interest to do. Their interest is making this league the most successful professional lacrosse league possible for the fans, for the players, for these future home cities that are coming next year, for the communities that those home cities will be in, and the future of this sport being talked about in the breath of the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, MLS, and being something that people are turning their TVs on for, that are buying tickets to go and watch. That's what they are worried about. Not a quick payday from Netflix to acquire their league at this point in time. DJ, any final thoughts on this Netflix saga that we got today? Nah, I just think it got blown out of proportion. Understand, understandably, but in the future, take a minute. And this is just, this is life advice, relationship advice, life advice with OTB, man. Business advice, like you can take this and apply it to every part of your life. Do not respond right away. Take the information in and sit on it for a second. Really think about it. Reread it. Re-listen to it. Rewatch it. Whatever the case may be, and then respond. Give yourself an opportunity to understand, comprehend, right? A lot of times we listen to respond instead of listening to comprehend. This goes into reading things, watching things, do all of those things with intention to comprehend first and then respond later. And I think a lot of the 
immediate questions and things that we see get thrown out wouldn't be thrown out right away because you would kind of dispel some of those things yourself first. Like people wondering if the league is even thinking about being sold. I think a lot of people could have dispelled that themselves if they just took a few moments to pause on it for a second, think about what's being said, and then be like, that don't even sound like Mike and Paul, and then just move on with their day. Like, be just take a second, breathe, and comprehend. It's that simple. That That feels nice. That simple. We rest our case. Let's get into our PLL Baltimore preview. Let's have some fun. Let's relax and look ahead to what we have to look forward to this weekend. Um, we've got two games on ABC this weekend. Not Netflix. ABC. <laughs> um, Archer's Atlas kick things off on Saturday at 3 p.m. on ABC. Then we get Whips and Chrome, which that game also happened in Baltimore last year. Um and also 2021, if I'm not mistaken. I think this is the third straight year that this matchup has happened in Baltimore. Um, I could be wrong. Don't fact check me on that. But I feel like that's the case. Um, 5.30 p.m. Whips Chrome. And then on Sunday, we've got Redwoods Chaos in the OTB. We just hope everybody has fun bowl on ABC. Uh, and then we get the, the concede off. Water Dogs Cannons at 3.30 on ESPN+. Um, Deej, what are you looking most forward to this weekend, Hall of Fame weekend, as we have two games of the week, both on ABC? Um, for me, I think I'm, I'm kind of really looking forward to the final game of the weekend. Water Dogs Cannons, both teams 4-2, and two, both teams playing extremely well. Um, Water Dogs now playing with a, a tiny chip on their shoulder coming off of a loss for the first time in a long time. And Cannons are on a four-game winning streak. I'm excited for that game, I think, more than any. I mean, that game is almost being taken out, kind of like how I had Archer's Water Dogs last week. Like, I didn't say a lot about that game. I didn't think a lot needed to be said about that game, it was a given game of the week. Like, we knew what we were getting in that game. Two absolute juggernauts coming together, vying for first place in the league, and it proved to be exactly that. I think we're getting something very similar with Water Dogs Cannons this week. Is That's going to be a game of two teams who are very hot, playing very well, have everything they need to be successful, and are coming to clash and absolutely smash heads like two bulls that are running dead at each other. Uh, and depending no what intended. happens in the Archer's Atlas game, could be for first place. Exactly. I doubt it. Right. But what exactly? Um, the the uh, the opportunity is there. The opportunity is there. Absolutely. Um, but I think the game I'm most excited for is Whip Snakes Chrome for two reasons. Chrome could possibly use this to try and find any kind of momentum to push through the end of the season. But this on the is flip a must side, win. On the flip side of that, is this finally the time in the last four meetings, this one being the fourth, that the Whipsnakes are going to beat Chrome? 
are they finally going to do it this time? Are they finally going to get back over that hump and and give Chrome a loss and move forward in their season and progress it to three and four instead of two and five? Because now they're, they're in murky waters if they go two and five with Chrome. That's going to be scary because everybody's ahead of you at that point. You two are down there at the bottom by yourselves um, unless Atlas also loses. Um, then you got a three-way tie, two at five at the bottom, and then things get real murky again. Um, Give me the murk. Give me the murk. But, I mean, <laughs> dude, now that we're we're having this conversation, one, let's start here. Dylan Malloy is not blackballed. He went to Correct. a wedding and didn't get a chance to play the next day because coach didn't want him worried about rushing to get there and, like, all of those kind of things. I totally understand Sudan's point in not wanting to start in week one. He brought him back. He has not been fantastic. He had one and, good game in Ohio, which just was like, spotlighted by the the tap-in goal off the, the end of his stick that went in. That was a sports center highlight play. And we talked about the teammate of his, Connor Farrell, not doing his job. So he got sat. What would we have expected for Dylan Malloy? Do we expect him to not have to do his job and he wouldn't get sat? No, that's not how this league works. He has not been productive. He is not working. They went away from him. They have Cross Ferreira, who has been fantastic. They have other options they can go to as well if they decide. Jackson Morrill has been phenomenal this year. Absolutely great. So, I, I no, he's not blackballed. He just didn't show up. So, I don't want to – I'm glad we haven't really seen those conversations, but I wanted to address that before it could have even possibly gotten out. Um, the only thing I really saw about it was a uh, no context screenshotting it and saying waiting for the Dylan Malloy blackball tweets to flow. So it's okay. So far, I haven't seen anything. But outside of his brother. But I do want to bring this up because we haven't seen it happen yet. But. Brennan O'Neill is the kind of talent to warrant something like this. Do Chrome decide to just botch the season and guarantee that they get B.O.? I mean, I personally would just go buy some deodorant, but that's just me. Well, Brennan O'Neill. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that, I knew what you I was just I making I, a funny oh, of ha-ha. Course. Of course. But, like... Um, I'm looking around like they don't necessarily have to do it. But I don't see too many other teams taking Brennan O'Neill. Cannons can take them if they want. Whips can take them. Redwoods. Water Dogs. And then Chrome. I think those five. But I don't see Water Dogs really taking him, to be honest. I don't. I don't see... Here's... The Whips being above chrome to get them i don't see water woods being above chrome to get them here's my thing with chrome to to counteract not that brennan o'neill doesn't deserve to be the number one overall pick he's the lone college guy on team usa that just won a gold medal like he's a phenomenal player he's very fun to watch i think he's only going to continue to get better once he hits the pro level here's my thing with it just tying him to chrome chrome have talented guys up top They've got very good midfielders. My thing with Chrome is they have a lot of guys that are older still 
to this day. Like they they've been one of those teams that over the past couple of years the retirements have flowed in. Whether it was Galloway, Joel White, Ranigan, you know, the list goes on and on. Chrome have had a number of retirements of guys just getting older. Here's my thing with Chrome that I'm just looking at their roster for this weekend alone. You have guys like Jordan McIntosh, who's getting up there in age. You have Mike Manley, who's getting up there in age and has dealt with back issues this year. You have Jesse Bernhardt, who's not getting any younger. Um, you know, Jesse King, he's the boy. He's 30. He's not getting any younger. And, you know, he's gone back and forth between Summer Box and the PLL. Is it in their best interest to one tank the season with those aging guys, you know, still playing at a high level like the Jesse Bernhards, like Mike Manley. I think Mike Manley's having a, a phenomenal year for his career this year. But on the flip side, if they were to tank this season, I think they have so many more pressing needs that sure you can solve that in free agency, you can solve that in a trade, but I feel like they have so many other necessary things to focus on with this roster after this year that adding another offensive player into the mix where this year we've talked about it a ton. It's been a revolving door, both midfield and up top with the attack group. I just don't know if it makes the most sense for them to address another offensive weapon. I, that's been the problem is offense. Like, sure. I think, I think you need more solidified players in your roster. I'm sorry, but there's no more solidifiable player in this draft class. Agreed. Than Brennan O'Neill. And no matter where you put him, he's going to succeed. But I also think he just supplements the midfield allows you to be a little more picky on who's going to be in your midfield. Your mid, your first midfield line is set if you draft Brendan O'Neill. It is Justin Anderson, Sam Hanley, Brendan O'Neill. That is your first line midfield. And then you move on from there. I'm not necessarily like I just brought it up. I don't think that they tank purposely, but I think they they have to draft him first if they have if that's the the time. Because they like I think they're young enough defensively, honestly. They have Troy Hedinger. They still have Nick Grill. And then you have Greg Weil on, on your, your reserve. And you still have JT, Jesse, Mike Manley. You can pick, you know, how that's going to go. Talk to those guys who's going to retire, who's not. All of that. But Sean Scannoni is young in that. Your, your short sticks are fine. And Alex Smith, Tarafenko. You're good. I, I think bring up offense, something kind of crazy. Of course, just popped in my brain. This might sound out of pocket. If they draft Brennan O'Neill, right? Would it be too crazy of a proposition for them to field trades for Logan Wisnowskis? Yes. 
I don't think Brennan O'Neill has the same effect on Chrome with Wisnowskis isn't there. Or would it be crazy for them to field trade inquiries for Brennan Nickter? Maybe. And I only say that because the only thing in his way is military obligations. If he doesn't have those, he's fine. He's going to run just fine in their offense, and he's going to be one of their best players. So, like, how long are you dealing with military is really the only question with that. Um, but B.O. will run out of the box, just like he did for Team USA and would be almost unstoppable. So I think you keep Nick Turn, you keep Wisnowskis, you keep Murrell. Well, I'm just saying with the way that their offense, when we've seen it look good in spurts this year, it's been what they're fielding this weekend up top. Right. It's been Logan, Jackson, Murrell, and Cross. But, I mean, let's not act like if Nick Turns playing all year, he's not going to play X. Murrell's going to go back up top. Like, that's just fact. I'm just saying, like, for, for this iteration of Chrome, for what we've seen, like, on a consistent basis, like, that's when their offense has looked yeah. somewhat competent. But I mean, those Nick, three guys. And I'm, then... I'm assuming next year Nick turns back. Like, the, that's what my assumptions are with, with this conversation is Nick turns back. He's going to be at X. You have Cross on one side. You have Logan on the other. Up top, you run. Your first line, in my opinion, has to be maybe not J.A. Maybe Morrell takes that spot, but it's either J.A. or Morrell with Hanley and um, B.O., and then you run whoever else in, in your second midfield. Who's still, you know, I think Jesse King comes back again next year, and, you know, you run the other of Jackson Morrell and J.A. with him and one more. If I'm putting my GM hat on, I'm at least listening on Brendan Nickturn. Because you'd get, I think, a decent return. From who? I'm just saying in good. general. No, I'm, I'm asking, like, who? where does he go and for what? Because um, who gives up that kind of – who gives up something good for somebody who they're going to have to deal with the military obligations for? Like, obviously, there's, is, there, obviously, there's a lot of pieces in place to, to where he could end up because we don't know who's retiring. We don't know who's a free agent, you know who signs where this, that, and third. Um, I mean, Redwoods, if Rob is gone, like this is all hypothetical, obviously. And no, we, we love going into hypotheticals here. Um, But like take Rob into retirement or whatever it may be. Why? Okay. And and why do that when you can just draft Schellenberger or Pat Kavanaugh this year, who isn't going to deal with military obligations? I'm just throwing you, you asked. I'm just throwing a Yeah, and, and and that that's just my rebuttal to that is like that the, and that's the why other I part say, is are those guys gonna be there when Redwoods draft? Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody needs an ex attackman. The only other team that could possibly take one is Atlas because we don't know how much longer Eric Law is gonna be around. Nobody else needs an ex attackman. Everybody else has theirs. Cannons have both Asher and Lyle. Uh, whips have Keegan Khan, who can go back there if they need him to, but they also have Rambo. Um, what's their faces? Um, Chaos has Josh Byrne, who plays wherever he wants. 
and then Brian Minicus. Ty Kurtz can play back there too. Like, you know, Redwoods has Jules, has Rob. Jules also of, free agent after this year, just to put that out there. Right. Um, but Atlas is kind of the one team. I don't know that Atlas has even a backup guy. Like, like if Rob decided to retire and we went and got another midfielder, we could move Jules down there and the Redwoods would be just fine at, at attack. If Eric Law retires and they move, I mean, they could move Chris Gray down there, but Chris Gray has been phenomenal on the wing. So why put him over at X? Just go draft another guy. You could put Xander Dixon down there, but he's been great for you through the midfield. Why put him down there? Those are kind of the only two teams I see needing an ex-attackman. Neither one of them I see picking up the option on Nick Turn because of the military obligations, and then they could both have their pick between Schellenberger and Pat Cav. One's going to get the other. If you don't get Pat Cav, you get Shelly. If you don't get Shelly, you get Pat Cav. It's not an L to me for either one. And then you can still move on and do whatever else in your draft that you want to do, i.e. Redwoods possibly going and getting um, a goaltender. Atlas possibly going and getting a goaltender. Maybe maybe a goaltender, maybe a defender. Like I don't know what they want to do there. Um probably a goaltender though. I don't know. Drake, I think I feel like Drake Porter hasn't gotten a legitimate shot. So that's my piece on them not getting a goaltender. Um but yeah, I think Chrome almost definitely picks Brendan O'Neill first if they're ending up being the first pick. I think they would be almost stupid not to. And then you just got to factor in salary caps as well. Yep. Just as a yep. baseline of everything. Like and then obviously. Who's going to stay on the roster. And if you can right. trade a guy to clear cap space, you got to consider it. And obviously I got to I gotta say here, um, if Atlas ends up number one overall, um one of Pat Kavanaugh slash Connor Schellenberger will not be drafted in the first round. They'll fall. Because mm-hmm. I think if Atlas picks first, they either pick one of those two or they pick a goalie. And if they pick a goalie, that forces the Redwoods' hands to pick the other goalie before he's off the board. No offense to any other goalies that may be coming out this year, but they are not to the par of... Liam Entman and, and Chase Hurling. Those two will be the first two goalies off the board. They may be the only two goalies off the board, but those two will be drafted. And depending on when they get drafted and who they're drafted by, that changes a lot of things. But Redwoods are in trouble this week. They're in trouble this week. I do want to see both teams have fun, but I don't know how things will go. I had a heart attack when I saw both Miles Jones and Sergio Perkovic on the reserve. I didn't. Then never expected to see that in my days of viewing lacrosse ever. Sure. But I will say one thing that I loved, and I think we were texting about this. Kirsten. Or it might have just been. Um, well, yeah, we were texting about Curse. I tweeted, there's no reason that Curse should have ever been out of a game day roster ever because. Right. Jesus Christ. Um, Kevin Rogers looked so comfortable in this system. That was a pleasant surprise. Not that he's a bad player and like not that it would like but like he just fit right in and I loved it. I loved how they used him. 
I think that was a perfect pickup for them. And well, I mean, the midfield needed somebody who's going to dodge. So go out and get somebody who dodges. He, Kevin he Rogers dodges. Awesome. I mm-hmm. loved what I saw out of him in Dallas, and I think it's I, only going to continue if they keep running this type of midfield out there. And um, I I love love that signing even more after Dallas. You know, he had one goal, but just the the intangibles that he brings to the table. I mean, I, I was a fan of his when he was on Chrome, too. Like, K. Rogers, he's a dog. Um, and for him to just fit in, like, perfectly. It was plug and play. He He's the perfect plug and play guy for this midfield. Um, and I'm excited to see him just continue to play with these guys. And I'm excited. I'm thrilled that Kirstie's back in the lineup because he deserves to be there. He's unfucking believable and could end up, you know, looking back at when this season's all said and done, when we look at how he plays, could end up being one of the steals of this draft class. Steal? Yeah. Possibly. But like I don't I don't think a lot of people had I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd rate him as a steal. I don't know. I don't know how to look I'm at I'm just that, basing it think... off of like where they got him and how yeah. criticized the pick was initially as well. Not by us, obviously, because we right. both loved it. But yeah, no, I think him being back in the lineup is is very good. And I think there needs to be more dodges from X for Jules and more downhill dodges for Kirsty, Bertrand, Rogers, Nakai from up top. And then let the let Westberg move around on the inside and go to Rob and Ryder in like two man games or off the resets, like that kind of stuff. Just find ways to get everybody involved. It's a little stagnant right now, but Hey, this week's going to be good. Maybe they come out with a win. Um, But I think, I think the schedule gets a little more favorable for the woods moving after this week. Yeah. It's going to be a fun matchup. Um, I agree with you on the, the whips Chrome game too. I think there's a lot of repercussions one way or the other who ends up winning that game so i'm i'm looking forward to that as well plus you know hopefully it gets a little dark nice little nice little pseudo night game no pun intended there because chrome are playing but um the other thing i wanted to bring up because i didn't want to ruin our rants that we were going on (laughs) did they like switch your wi-fi over mid pod (laughs) no you got hella glitchy. <laughs> I mean, you did too, so I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like you're on a, a hot spot for me right now. <laughs> you and I mean, you went out a couple times for me. What the hell? Oh, I don't know what's going on, dude. What the um, hell? Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. That's that's <laughs> weird. Let's let's feed the duckies before we get kicked out of here. I was gonna say, <laughs> it feels like like when I was watching you. <laughs> talk about Brendan O'Neill. It was uh it was like a bad like dub where you were talking but then your voice was behind. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's the worst. That's the worst. It makes you turn that that's the stuff that makes you turn something off. Right? Let's feed the ducks, though. It's the PLL Baltimore Picks of the Week, powered by Trophy Smack. Guys, there's no better way to upgrade your fantasy smack talk. 
and with our friends over at Trophy Smack. They've got the trophies. My fantasy football league, I just paid my dues, and it was increased, Deej, because we got a new trophy from Trophy Smack, so I had to pay the trophy due as well. Um, also, I can just lose and be broke even more. Um, you can upgrade your fantasy Smack Talk for your fantasy leagues across the board. They've got trophies, rings, belts. I've seen they've got trophy chains now teach they got the chains that you can throw on uh for your league they also have the metal wall art the smack talk wall art they've got the last place trophies for all the losers out there go to trophysmack.com slash underground and upgrade your fantasy smack talk today what are you doing why do you got that old rinky ding trophy upgrade that bad boy trophysmack.com slash underground deej we start things off at Homewood Field on ABC, Archers 5-1, and one, Atlas 2-4, and four, 3 p.m. That gets us started. How you feeling about the battle of the Bows and the Bulls? Bows up. Yep, I'm with you. Archers, they're, they're, they're in that territory that we talk about, whether it's PLL or NLL, like, they haven't given us a reason to pick against them. Got to go, Archers. I don't think there's anything to say unless Atlas gets that in cannon they got last week. I am excited. This is the first time we've got Sis versus Trevor. If Atlas gets that in cannon they got last week, we in for it. This might be a pretty good game. But if the cannon that's played most of the season shows up, Archers will run away with this. Sis versus Trevor is going to be very fun. This is the first I time mean, we get it too. Hi highly anticipated, but it may also waiting. it may not be anything we're expecting it to be. When is the last time Trevor's been like tested? Maybe Sis just runs through him. Week one when he played Redwoods. Was he really tested though? I think TD gave him some battles. Yeah, some, but like. This has a true potential to be like 50-50 or Trevor might lose. Like, when is the last time that we truly believe Trevor had a chance of losing the faceoff battle? Um, Probably one of the matchups against Nards at some point. What, two years ago? In the bubble last... for sure. And then I think going into the post-bubble season, what, 2021? Right. So, yeah, two years ago. But the last two years, it's been lights out. This is the first time, I think, in the last two years that we can truly say he might lose the faceoff battle. I don't I think know it's if I'll just... go that far, but it'll Why? be way more down to earth than what Why not? Trevor's been. Why don't you think he could lose it? I mean, it's the same aspect of Sis hasn't seen Trevor. Right, but it's a weird thing with rookies, right? Even TD did it a little bit. Like the only person who did slow him down a little bit was TD or it was Trevor. But like TD kind of raked his his rookie year, and everybody thought he was gonna like continue that pace. He dropped a little bit last year, and, and he's kind of come back down to earth. But like rookie seasons at the faceoff stripe, if you catch on fast, like Sisselberger has done, you normally just ride that high. So that's that's the only reason I'm saying he has like a legitimate chance to beat Trevor is he's playing so well and that trevor hasn't really played anybody at this pace since 
you know, nobody's given him this kind of possible run that I think Sitzelberger will give him in the last two years. I'm going to put it on the record for myself. I think Trevor wins at least 60%. And that's, that's no high. slight That's no slight to, to Sis. That's not too high, but like... Trevor's still in a league of his own and will hold yeah. his own. And do Dude, Trevor I think... I really think this is as close as a 50-50 as like there is when it comes to Trevor right now. I'll take the Truly. Over. I mean, you of course you're going to you you are biased and that's okay. I'm not biased. I just think Trevor's like in the you, pantheon by himself you, right you, now. You are inherently biased and it's okay. I'm removing all of my bias. I hear you. I hear you. I because th- I think Sis is phenomenal. Yeah, I know you do, but like he's not Trevor to you. You're nobody's Trevor. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, you know what I'm getting at. You did. You know what I'm getting at. Don't don't do this. Don't don't. I'm don't just do saying. This. I think Trevor's still <laughs> in a pantheon by himself, and he's gonna. I hear 60%, you. Sixty plus. That's what I'm saying. That there there is some bias there. I'm not. I'm not if, saying it's. I'm not we saying could, it's bad. If we could I'm bet not, on faceoffs, I would hammer it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad to have bias. I'm just pointing out that there is some bias there, and it's okay I mean, to I, have it. I have reason to be biased for sis. He went to Lehigh. Shout out to the shout oh, out to Lehigh, baby. Up. There we go. This guy. Uh, Whips Chrome. I don't know how I feel about this game, but it's going to be hella interesting. I just... Brad Smith is too fucking good. He makes that offense so much better than it is already. And it's two straight weeks now that they'll have their full strength offense back. Matt Dunn is playing. Earhart's back. I'm taking the whips. Bro. I like want to take the whips, bro. But, bro, it has been so long since the whips have beat Chrome. I don't know what to think. We talk about trends so often. And the trends went reverse last week when Cannons beat Redwoods. (laughs) They did. They did for the first time in in a while. First time ever. Yeah, like, oh, no, not that, not like cannons over redwoods. It's just like that's the first time in a while that trends didn't go our favor. Trends have gone in favor of us very, very well for probably the whole time I've been on pot, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, but with that being said, I, I, I think I have to lean toward the whips as well. I think this is another one of those trends that flips finally. I think they get over the hump in Baltimore. Um, all of the the Maryland guys, this is a special game for them. It's Hall of Fame weekend. Chrome has been struggling. Whips are healthy, minus Joe Nardella, but Pete Lasala is just a little him. I'll 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 take whips. 
Then we go to Sunday on ABC, 1 o'clock p.m., the We Just Hope Everybody Has Fun game. Redwoods Chaos, I hate to break it to you, Deej, but right now, the Woods have not given me any confidence in picking them and feeling confident in picking them. Chaos are playing phenomenal, even coming off of a loss. You can't knock them for losing a 17-16 shootout. I love the way their offense is humming right now. Uh, I think this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be hella entertaining. Might go down as the true game of the week in terms of how the result goes. Uh, but I'm going with what has shown to be successful right now. And that is the Chaos offense. That is Blaze Reardon. I got to pick Chaos in this matchup. So, Chaos has Jared Newman. Who is giving up right now a like 7.3 nine percent shooting percentage or something like that um jack rowlett is still possibly the best defender in the league blaze reardon is in net and they have one of the most complex offenses to exist on the opposite side rob pinnell and Ryder garnsey are having a season like no other jack kelly has been phenomenal and that the in-between, well, it, it, I mean, even Eddie Glazner and, and Garrett Apple have been fantastic as well. The in-between, the midfielders for the Redwoods have been short of atrocious. There's no telling what's going to happen in this game. I think Jared Newman gets the Ryder Garnsey matchup. I think he gets that matchup all game. We saw some switching that happened throughout the first matchup. I don't think that happens at all. I think Jared is glued to Ryder throughout this game. And as much as I love the Redwoods, I don't have it in me to go against AT in the chaos right now with the current makeup of the Redwood squad. But yep. would not be would not be surprised at all to see this new iteration of the Redwoods midfield bring a spark to this team and something happens where they pull this game out. Absolutely possible. And my my other point to it is like you said, Rob and Ryder are having phenomenal years, like MVP caliber years. But when you're relying on those two guys to be the ones to like carry you when chaos has like seven guys who at any moment can just go and do crazy shit in their offense, whether it is from the midfield or from their attack group, that's called versatility, baby. And versatility wins in this league. Um, water dogs, cannons in the concede bowl, even though teams don't like when people use the word concede and I can't blame them. Um, Connor Kelly's back for the dogs. I like that for them from the perspective of he's the two bomb king till dethroned otherwise. DeLuca's back in net. No Dylan Ward again this week. I believe still paternity leave, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Cannon's on a four game win streak. Dogs playing with a little, little chip on their shoulder coming off a loss. The 
this is the toughest game to pick, man. The the thing that I'm like torn on right now is both of these teams are so versatile and creative with what they're doing offensively and then defensively they're also doing some pretty creative and versatile things but I think the water dogs are a bit of a more complete team especially with CK Fody back in the lineup I think this game is going to be the game of the week. And I'm going with a close win for the Water Dogs to get back on track. I only say Water Dogs to win this game because of what I mentioned earlier. Them not putting Ryland Reese in the game day, going with the extra midfielder, having a guy like uh, Zach Currier, guys like Matt Witcher. Um, they're in a position to take care of the middle of the field, which is where this game is going to be won. Ground balls, face-offs, turnovers in the ride, taking advantage of fast breaks, all of those things, I think, the, the water dogs midfield is a little more built for and, and is ready to do um, not saying that cannons won't come out and they won't work hard and they won't look to do that um, I just think the water dogs are a little more suited for that and and uh, they're gonna they're they have guys who just make the right plays at the right time um, and they're just gonna be a little too much to handle for cannons I think this is the closest game of the week I think this may go to overtime um, just with the energy that the cannons play with they, they play with a different kind of energy than the rest of the league is playing with right now. Um, but like I said, after last week, looking at the way Water Dogs played, if they had Dylan Ward, they might be the best team in the league. So I can't ignore that. So there it is. We're both going Archers, Whips, Chaos, and Water Dogs. Those are our PLL Baltimore picks of the week, brought to you by our pals over at Trophy Smack. Let's get into... The other hot debate in the streets, the Lyle Thompson discussion, everybody. <laughs> Shout out to the boy Dukes, <laughs> who I will hopefully see this weekend at Bar Down. Um, he set the internet ablaze with his Lyle Thompson discussion, which, if I'm not mistaken, we've had that discussion <laughs> on this podcast before, too. Um, I quote tweeted, the clip from the crease dive, which those are the homies. Jordy and Dukes are the homies. And I said, you know, Dukes, the, for anybody, if you missed it, you live under a rock. Dukes is basically saying that Cannons are a better team without Lyle this year, ipso facto. And it turned into this whole <laughs> absurd debate online, as lax Twitter tends to do with things of this nature. Um, I personally quote tweeted Duke's tweet and I was like, it's pretty simple. Cannons have a brand new coaching staff who I think we can all agree as a collective coaching staff are better than what the Cannons were working with. And that's no slight to our friend of the program, Sean Quirk. I just think the staff as a whole is so much better this year in terms of 
managing the guys on the team and coaching and putting those guys in the positions to win. I think this roster is conducive to that. You know, they, they, they built this roster in free agency, brought some guys back that were on the team last year, and added Matt Campbell in the draft because that's the only guy in the draft that they have on this roster <laughs> outside of, you know, guys who they signed, like Ethan Rawl, who went undrafted and stuff like that. But they built a roster that works well together, which over the past couple of years, it was Lyle or bust. And in 2021, it was Lyle and Paul or bust. And it wasn't really roster construction. It was, let's feed the best players on the planet and the best players on our roster and make them do everything for us. And if they can't do it well, we're screwed. And that's evidenced by their piss-poor records in both 2021 and 2022. The coaches are putting the players in the best positions to win. Coach Holman talked about it after Fairfield where like he sat down with Asher Nolting and said, Hey, you were doing this last year. We're not going to do that anymore. And has like unlocked this next level of Asher's game and Asher's becoming one of the best players on the planet, more so than what he was his rookie year. And that is proven week in and week out this year. He's become a much better overall player this year. And coach Holman made that a point to bring up to us. And I just think the camaraderie in the locker room is better this year than it was in years past and Asher even brought that up you know there were guys in the locker room last year where lockers were changing week in and week out and there were a couple constants there but you know it was a revolving door in a lot of aspects and when you find out that Lyle Thompson is taking his sabbatical year the rest of your roster construction is going to go around okay how can we build around the players that will be here and make this team the best it can be it's that simple. Are they better in the the simplest term without Lyle Thompson this year? Yes, they're 4 and 2. Is there more context to that? Absolutely. If Lyle was on this team this year, would Cannons still be a phenomenal team? I think both you and I can agree. Yes. Would it be a different style of team? Potentially. But what Dukes was bringing up was not saying that Lyle Thompson is a bad lacrosse player. He was not saying Lyle Thompson is a bad teammate. He was not saying Lyle Thompson makes the Cannons worse. He was simply stating the Cannons are playing better lacrosse this year as a team than they did last year when Lyle Thompson just so happened to be on the team. Deej, Lyle Thompson is your guy. He is your bit in terms of tweets and reminding everyone that he's good at lacrosse. The floor is yours, my friend. Inadvertently, I happened to wear my Lyle Thompson shirt today. Not going to lie, I thought you did that purposefully. <laughs> I did not. Nah, no, I actually got dressed this morning and completely forgot we were recording the pod today and that this was going to be <laughs> on the list of discussions. Um, but yeah, I'm wearing the Slide Thompson shirt. He is, in fact, my guy. I think he's when when the GOAT conversation comes up and we talk about across generations, you know, Ryan Powell, Mikey Powell, Paul, 
I'm one of the first people to throw Lyle Thompson, Lyle Thompson's name in there. I think he is and literally not alone. The, I think he's the greatest to touch a stick. And I, and, and that's a little biased toward where the game comes from, the history of the game, how much love he has for the game, the passion he plays with it. it it's beyond just his field aspects of it. Um, but nonetheless, with all of that being said, that does not mean that two things cannot be true at once. The Cannons are, in fact, playing better this year than they have ever played with Lyle Thompson. But Lyle Thompson is still very good at lacrosse. And Lyle Thompson is still playing very well with the Six Nation Chiefs. He did just win MVP with them. He did just have four points, two goals, and two assists in their semifinal opener last night. They did get the win, and they're up 1-0 in the MSL semifinals. So once again, Lyle Thompson being good at lacrosse. Oh my God. The cannons being good at lacrosse. They're both happening at the same time. It just so happens that Lyle Thompson is not on the cannons at the time that it's happening. Does that mean that Lyle Thompson's a bad player? No. Does that team, does that mean that Lyle Thompson or does that mean cannons lack of success was Lyle Thompson's fault? No. Does it mean that someone pointing out, that Lyle Thompson isn't on this team and they're doing well is racist? No. No. All it's saying is they removed one person, added a few others, changed the way they played the game, and whoa. Not on their own volition either. It's not like they willingly removed Lyle Thompson from their equation. Lyle Thompson removed himself, first off. The man said he's taking a sabbatical, so he can go play for another team, which we all understand why, because he's and be not closer to, to his family. Both. And like we, we know why he's playing there. He's not allowed to play both. He's closer to his family, et cetera, et cetera. No reason to go into that part of it. He's not on the team this year. However, you want to look at it. Coaches had to do something about it. You lose literally possibly the greatest player to ever touch a stick. That's going to change the way you look at everything. I need people to understand even last year when the ball was stuck in Lyle Thompson's stick, he still had the most assists on the cannons. He still had the most assists on Georgia this year. He still has the most assists for, for the six nation chiefs. He's almost positive. He had the most assists for the Haudenosaunee during the world championships. He does in fact move the ball but he dodges how he wants to dodge. And if he takes 10, 15, 20 seconds to dodge, that's just Lyle Thompson. You just better be ready to catch the ball when he throws it to you. And if you're a goalie, you better hope you can see it when he shoots it. Cause if not, it's in the back of the net. What are we complaining about? It's just true. The ball does in fact get stuck in his stick. Lacrosse right now, especially the PLO is a game of ball movement. So Lyle Thompson going over to the MSL, and allowing the cannons to have the opportunity to try an offense where the ball can move around more has proven to come to fruition for them. Let's not be stupid here. Getting Lyle Thompson the ball if he's on your offense is plan A. That's like playing basketball and not giving the ball to LeBron James if he's on your team. That is plan A. He's going to touch the ball, and if he decides to give it up, yes, then you go and move forward to your other plans. But every single play... The ball is going to go touch Lyle Thompson's stick. If it gets stuck in there, it gets stuck in there. Same thing with basketball. Every play, it's going to LeBron James. If it gets stuck in his hands, it gets stuck in his hands. 
Who complains about it? No one, because he's LeBron James. So let's give Lyle Thompson the same respect. If he gets stuck in a stick, shut up. Let him play. Let whatever happened happen. And then they'll make adjustments moving forward and they'll figure out how to make it work. I do think he'll come back into this team and they'll figure out how to make it work. I don't think Lyle Thompson is going to get barred. I don't think he's going to come in and mess anything up. And I do think two things can be good at once, that this team is good without him and that he's still good at lacrosse. That's just literally the end of the discussion. I really hope this ends after this week. Plus, Lyle can move the ball. It's proven, you know, both in the box game, in the field game. Like like you said, he's an assist leader. He, he moves the ball to his teammates. He's played in lesser shot clocks in the NLL. It, it's, it's a non-issue. And to go out and, and try to, you know, play the race racist card and racism card because somebody's having an opinion that has nothing to do even in the realm of race creed color whatever it may be is lunacy that 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 didn't was not even in the stratosphere of what dukes was bringing up i felt terrible that he was getting like fucking bombarded like that because there was no need for it again very similar to the netflix conversation we had earlier people are just so quick to be reactionary and want to get takes off and want to be like you know argumentative before they sit back and just like you said listen comprehend and try to understand what is being said not once did Duke say Lyle Thompson was a bad lacrosse player. He was saying the Cannons are just playing better lacrosse this year as a team, and it just so happens that Lyle Thompson is not on the roster right now. That's all it is. It does not need to turn into this whole race debate, this whole argument for argument's sake type of thing. It's fucking crazy. I laughed at the clip that the crease time put out that said, Dukes, what did you learn this week? And he said, I learned that, you know, once you've had three drinks, you just need to put your phone down. <laughs> so don't don't drink and tweet, kids. Um, Dukes did nothing wrong whatsoever. People need to calm the fuck down on Facts. hashtag lax Twitter. And, and stop turning everything into a debate and a an argument just to have an argument. Like, calm the fuck down. We are all trying to enjoy this sport because we love this game. It, it is it is not that serious. It is not, you know, it, it does not need to be under a microscope and broken down into these discussions to divide us as fans, us as lovers of this game. It's that's just crazy. There's no need for it. You guys know we are a huge Lyle Thompson fandom podcast. We love Lyle, but it's also clear the cannons are having success this year without Lyle in the lineup. It does not mean Lyle's a bad player. Does not mean Lyle's a bad lacrosse player as a whole, a bad person. None of that. Bad teammate. None of that. 
two things can be true, like DJ said, without one of them being wrong. It's okay to have two correct opinions, two correct statements. Let's all shut the fuck up about this because I'm tired of it being on my fucking timeline. Fuck. Any final words, Deej? <laughs> no, I said everything I had to say. I there you go. I'm, I'm good. Last bit here because we've gone almost two hours. It's the NLL free agency rundown brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer. Now available in the Pittsburgh area. It's getting ever so closer to Detroit, Deej, and hopefully closer to New Jersey as well. Uh you guys can go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Tracker, see who's got it on tap in the Philadelphia and Pittsburgh areas, crack open an ice-cold Kenny while you're perusing through the NLL free agency transaction wire because everything is not as simple as all the other sports for whatever reason. Uh, must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Just sifting through uh, some of the big signings since we last recorded, Deej. The Nighthawks signed Dan Coates to a one-year deal. Um, the Mammoth have placed the franchise tag on Dylan Ward. Um, the Albany Firewolves made a qualifying offer to Leo Storos. Um, and then looking here, the Las Vegas Desert Dogs have just been busy as all get out. They signed James Barclay to a two-year deal. They signed Charlie Bertrand to a one-year deal and placed him on the active roster from the injured list. Um the Georgia Swarm signed Shane Jackson to a three-year deal so he doesn't hit free agency. A lot of rumors swirling around that he could have reunited with Mark Matthews in Toronto, but thankfully that's not the case because that would have been disgusting. He's staying with Lyle in Georgia. Um, Vancouver signed Owen Grant to a two-year deal. Uh, Noncon Thompson uh, signed a three-year deal with the Thunderbirds. Eli McLaughlin, there was rumors he could potentially go to Philadelphia. That's not happening. He's staying with the Mammoth uh, on a three-year deal. Ty Logan signs a two-year deal with the Firewolves. The Toronto Rocks signed Dan Craig to a two-year deal and the boy Corey Small to a one-year deal. The Seals signed Eli Gobrek, the boy, shout out, got his bag, two-year deal to stay in San Diego. Uh, the Wings signed Deacon Knott, who will more than likely be their backup goalie to Higgy. Uh, to a one-year deal. Deej's New York Riptide uh, have signed Cam Dunkerley, which I love that move. They finally have a goalie. That's fantastic to a one-year deal. They've signed Max Wayne. Max Wayne. I love that he's in New York because the whole Gotham thing, even though Gotham in the comics is technically right around the corner from your boy's crib, uh, they signed Max Wayne to a two-year deal. Uh, and they also signed Tyler Davis to a two-year deal. And they signed JT Giles Harris. Deej, I want your thoughts on JT potentially playing the box game. Uh, I think he'll be a beast. Uh, he's fast. He's strong. He has a very, very high lacrosse IQ. Um, and, and he'll be able to show off the six kills, stay in shape. It, it's something I would love to see. Um, and... He, he would definitely supplement that defense, something that I think he's the kind of player that they're looking for on that defense, kind of a lockdown, lockdown guy that can provide a little bit of offense and bring a veteran-like style and, and personality uh, to the locker room. But, I mean, you pair that up with, with Cam Dunkerley back in, in net and and uh, Max Wayne and, and some of the other pieces they have there, and, and they're starting to make some – some very good strides. So my uh my Eastern Conference squad is definitely 
still uh still appealing and pandering to me on on, on a regular uh then more vegas desert dog signings these are all two-year deals connor curse jack Hanna, jake saunders john wagner dylan watson and peyton wallace all the two-year deals uh the georgia swarm released craig wendy so he is now a free agent uh the mammoth signed joey capito to a one-year deal they also signed connor watson nate Fakin, facing i apologize if i'm butchering that uh caleb martin and chris veltman all the two-year deals your Calgary Roughnecks signed my boy, the Jackrabbit, Josh Courier, to a one-year deal. Love that he's back with them. Uh, the Bandits signed Bryce Sweeting, Justin Martin, Nick Weiss, all to one-year deals, and they offered uh, a qualifying offer to Adam Bomberry. The boy, Nick Rose, future guest on this show, signed a one-year deal to go back to Toronto. Um Looking here, the JT Giles Harris deal was a two-year deal, by the way, for everybody. Uh, Dan McRae, which we mentioned last week, he retired, um, and he is now an assistant coach with the Colorado Mammoth. He's back on a bench that quick. Um, the uh, Halifax Thunderbirds signed Max Waldbaum to a three-year deal. Um, the Swarm... Signed Miles Thompson to a one-year deal. Placed him on the active roster from the injured reserve list. Uh, looking here. Toronto signed Billy Hostrauser to a one-year deal. San Diego signed Trey LeClaire to a two-year deal. Um, the uh, Panther City signed Brandon Goodwin to a two-year deal. And the boy Cole Pickup to a two-year deal. Uh, Colin Kirst. Also signed with Vegas on a one-year deal. So the Curse Boys living it up in Vegas. Uh, Vegas also signed Casey Jackson to a one-year deal and placed him on the active roster from injured reserve. Halifax signed Kevin Hill to a one-year deal. Georgia re-signed the boy Lyle Thompson to a three-year agreement. Uh, they also signed Miles Ham, Gage Board, Lucas Nagy, and Dustin Hill to two-year deals. Your Calgary Roughnecks signed the deep boy, Steve Fryer, to a one-year deal to be Christian Del Bianco's backup. I love that. Uh, Albany signed Tanner Buck to a one-year deal. And Buffalo signed Carter McKenzie to a one-year deal. So there is the rundown there of what's happened so far in NLL free agency. Uh, also, shout out to Trey LeClaire and Eli Gobrecht. They signed with uh, Gorenlian, uh as their agent, and it's cool to see that you know, he's negotiating multi-year deals for their clients in the NLL. Um, I love that. I hope that becomes more of a norm um, for some of these guys to have a little bit of security of where they're at and uh, get paid as well. Um, any deals stand out to you there, Deech? Uh, I love Steve Fryer going to um, to my, my Roughnecks. Uh, that's great backup once again veteran uh presence in the locker room and, and kind of just very smart iq guy that can point out some things to some younger defensemen and things like that to uh, get them in a better position uh, i also love everything that the um uh the the what desert dogs did keeping their young core together and going getting a lot of those guys signed for a couple of years and um really getting to the books to try and build something there they had a very good you know first season they're, they're trying to look to build upon that. And, and first things first is locking in uh, young guys that you can mold into what you want your team to be. And then they can, can kind of push that impression on 
whoever whoever else you bring into the fold. And then lastly, um, really just Eli McLaughlin. Um, him going back to Colorado, them stamping that and getting that back, I think is huge for them. Him and Ryan Lee are like kind of their two guys that keep them going. And then that third is, um, in my opinion, yeah. Connor Robertson. I think, you know, Zeddy ballgame, we know what we get from him, but those three guys are kind of the the end, the pieces of their engine that really make them move. Those are the uh, core four. Yeah. and But those three are, like, huge. Like, you know, they kind of just got Zeddy the last two years. And, like, mm-hmm. even, like, in my opinion, without Zed, they're still a very good team. And, like, they're, they, they still get the production they're looking for because they kind of turn to those three first. And, and Zed's kind of that filler at the fourth where it's, like, Oh, you wanted to put the emphasis on these guys? Okay, then Zeddy will give you four today and, and make you remember that. He's Zed is to the mammoth what Blaze is to the wings. Yeah. Yep. Where like the wings have Joey Rez, they have Ben McIntosh, um, Mitch and obviously Mitch Jones um, as the quarterback of the offense there. But then you have Blaze, who, like Zed, like they're going to give you 25, 30 goals a season as mm-hmm. your number four option. Which is crazy. So, yeah, I really like them going out and getting Eli. He seemed like if it wasn't. um, And no, this year, every time they needed somebody to do it, it was him. He came through and, and gave that spark and, and got the team back rolling. And right behind him were Connor Robinson, Ryan Lee, Zed Williams, et cetera. So there it is. Your NLL free agency rundown. Uh I'll be in Baltimore this weekend, so if you are there, come say what's up. It's going to be Boncos. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully going to film some dope content and uh, enjoy some kick-ass lacrosse going on with the PLL. Make sure you guys are following us to keep up to date with all of that, at OTB Laxpod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, all of that, at OTB Laxpod. Follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great if you want to see some good rib content. Uh, and you can follow me at KBIZZL311 on the tweet machine. Uh, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow, helps our network continue to grow, uh, and maybe one day we'll be the ones getting the offer from Netflix. Who knows? Uh, but you need to subscribe, so go subscribe, please. We're begging you subscribe to the podcast feed and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Make sure you include that little at symbol because you need to. We are currently at 522 subscribers as of this recording. We need to get to 600 by the end of the month. That is a whole company initiative, and we need to get to 1,000 before September 4th. Otherwise, DJ is on a one-way flight from Gillette Stadium to new Asgard in real life over there in Alaska. So go subscribe, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia, and make sure you go get your merch, phiapparel.co. Use code underground for 10% off any and all orders. And through the end of this week, use code KG20 to get 20% off any football merch. Go birds. This has been episode number 286 of the allegedly award-nominated, honorably mentioned, viewable on YouTube, number nine NCAA ranked outside the box podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network as the official lacrosse podcast on the network. For DJ KB, I'll see you suckers in Baltimore. And until next week, we're getting the heck up out of here. Stop overreacting. Just breathe.
We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. And that's outside the box.